Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Dog Random Show with your host, Big Dog. Hello, uh, my name is uh, Abram Cias. I live in Temple, Texas. Uh, I am 52 years old, and I would like to share uh, some uh, experiences that I've Ooh, man. I'm glad to get you on the show, man. Uh, I've been following you for a while, so it's it's an honor to have you on here. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, yes, uh, when uh, you go through things, you know, like when I went through what I went through, you know, I had to keep it to myself uh, because nobody would understand. You know, uh, when you go through, through something spiritual or whether it's uh, something manifesting itself in the in a flesh-like form. You can't really say too much to nobody, especially if you know people are not uh, have have the faith or believe in a higher power. And the first thing that they, they say is, "Well, it's it's just in your imagination." You know, they come up with that, or they'll say uh, it's just you. You know, or they'll try to focus on medication or. Find a, find a reason not to believe what the stories that you're saying. But at the same time, they don't want to go and see if it's real or not. <laughs> you know, yeah. they don't want to go maybe spend the night to see what I see. You know, in that area, uh, there there was a, a couple of people. Uh, at first, they were like iffy, and then went there to that area, and man. Do you uh, think uh, just certain people are in tune to these situations, and or some people just not open-minded? You think that would play a role into that? Uh, it's, it's not that they're open-minded, uh, but uh, I, I think uh, what's there in that area, it really doesn't care if they're open-minded or they're spiritual. It's going to try to come and attack because it's, they're territorial. Uh, so. The, the people that the witness something there, they didn't believe in a higher power, and the, the, some of them were wicked. Uh, some of them didn't believe in uh, the supernatural or higher power, and they all experienced something, you know. And it's like they're, they're never the same after that experience. Uh, uh, I've had several people that would come looking for me uh, to take them to that area where I had my encounter because. They had they didn't believe what I was saying or they had doubts. But after I took them and they would actually stay there for the night, mm-hmm. uh, and they and they experienced uh, the experience of the experience is like like me. I would always prepare myself. You know, uh, I was praying before I go into an area, especially knowing that area was dangerous. Then I felt that there was something spiritual because you know when I was getting attacked, I was getting attacked by unseen force. That I was getting hit in the back getting shoved, I could hear uh, something running towards me, and by the time I look, I'm, I'm flying four or five feet where I get hit hard, you know? Oh, man. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I, I knew what was attacking me, you know, and uh, it, it didn't care if it was nighttime, uh, whatever it was, it didn't care if it was nighttime or daytime. I got dropped during the day, too, and, you know, I fly four or five feet and land, and I get up. I do a combat roll. You know, I'm from military, and mm-hmm. 
I would get up with my guards up, but there would be nobody there. But I'll fly four or five feet. You know, it, it tried to distance your force. Uh, it shot me off, uh, shot me off a cliff, probably like a, let's say 12 foot, 13 foot, or probably more like 14 foot drop or 15 into the creek. And the creek had no water. Luckily, I was, I was, I was taking a shortcut, uh, with groceries from this, uh, it was a, I guess a family dollar around, the, uh, it was a shortcut through the woods and it was, it was a different shortcut. And I just heard something running behind me, you know, by the time I turned around, there I go, I'm shoving and I'm flying into the, into the creek. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty, I guess, big guy, you know, in shape. Uh, I, I was able to lift my hand with a grocery bag and grab the branch and the branch bent and I was seeing the, the creek. <laughs> Uh, the rocks coming close to my feet, and uh, I let go when I was probably like two, three feet into uh, landing into the creek. So I landed safely in there. It wasn't for the branch; I probably would have messed up my knees, you know, from that drop. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, whatever is there is very territorial. You know, I tell people, you know, because uh, what I encountered, you know, I was, I was actually getting physically attacked, not just spiritually attacked, because it, it, it drains your energy also. Uh, I've seen it, it drained drain my energy one time, come, uh, cut into there, and there was this young man, young boy uh, that found me in the woods. I was passed out in the middle of the woods in that, in that area, and he helped me up, and it took me like almost 30 minutes just to make it home, and I wasn't that far away from home, but whatever it was drained all my energy, you know. Uh, it just sucked the energy out of me. Uh, uh, and the people that I would take there, that's what would happen to them. Uh, there was one that she said she was like a psychic and she could, uh, I guess her spirit could leave her body to see what's in the area. And she said she was in a prayer while I was there. And I, I told her to be careful what you're saying because what's there, you know, it's, it's dangerous. And she just kept on talking, you know, and the, the sun set and started getting dark. I said, take me to the area. She's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close. If there's a quarter there or something, I'm gonna go close it, you know. So I took her. Uh, we went down the trail. She turned around the bend and she said, "You stay here." And she she walked, and she started talking. Next thing you know, I, I just hear her say, "Oh my God!" And she just comes running out of there, you know. And as she's running through the trail, I see this big old red orb chasing her, right? Oh man! So it's following her. It, it passes right in front of me. This giant red orb chasing her. It was a red orb. And next thing you know, when I, I go uh, walking out of the path, there she is in the end of the path by the park. She's laid out. She's like it, it drained her energy. So I had to I had to carry her back to the to the safe haven, which was uh, by the picnic tables. You know, I had to carry her over there. Uh, there was a Another young man that he said he was a wick and he could do this and that and he went there and the same thing happened to him, you know, uh it happened to him two times. Uh he went there and uh his energy got drained. I had to literally pick him up and uh when I took him to his vehicle, he started seeing the things that I would see. He started seeing this uh, shadow beings and he was he was describing them and I knew what he was talking about because I'd seen him, you know, and when I was looking, I couldn't see nothing, but he was a day, uh, identifying how it looked. And he he, got, he started hitting the car and he started like, uh, he was scared, you know, he, he started uh, being paranoid. 
then uh, they took him, you know, and I told him, you know, I tried to pray for him, but, you know, he didn't believe in, in a higher power. So they, they left. Uh, then he, he came back probably like six, seven months later. And he went into the area again, said he could do this and that. And this time around, he was taking him into the woods. It's like he was just standing still in the path and he started going deeper, deeper into the woods, past the trail into the woods. So I, 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 you know, I prepared myself spiritually. So I literally had to go in there and grab him out of the woods because he was pulling him in into the woods, into the darkness. So I grabbed him and, and I brought him up to safety, you know, and, and, that, and then when he, I took him back to the vehicle, he started seeing the same things again. So that was the last time I ever seen him. Oh, man. So do you think that's like a like a certain area that this entity can't leave? Maybe it's trapped uh, there. I, I believe this areas this areas yeah, that as far as I can remember because I've been living in the in the central Texas area since like nineteen ninety one after there's a storm. You know, I moved I, I was in the army on Fort Hood and even on Fort Hood I would see this these beings, the shadows, so when I'd be training out in the field when I was a, I was a tanker, so we go to the ranges. I would see this shadow-like uh, figures out there. Um, there was uh, one time uh, there was uh, we were pulling the uh, range. We were doing range control. Was uh, guarding the ranges. Uh, we support for this unit that was in gunnery, and uh, they said we we're taking a little break. And I was in a different. I was in uh, Clabber Creek multi-use ring, uh, Clever Creek range, and there was this other guy, he was in, I believe it was called uh, Trap Nail. And we had a phone call over the, over the net saying that he was being attacked by something. So we all got in the Humvees, you know, and in the Army, and in those times, they didn't give you live ammo, so we just grabbed whatever we could uh, grab, like a pick handle, you know, an axe, so we took off over there to his range and we got there and he was, he was, when we got there and got off the Humvee, you could smell something, man. You could smell like a, a beastly smell, you know? And I was like, what is that smell? Like and an animal or it, something? It, it was real, it, it smelled like, like wild beast, you know, there's this, this stench in the air. And we went up upstairs to where the tower was and he had barricaded the he had barricaded the, the door. He had tables, chairs stuck up on there, you know, stacked. And he was he was scared. Yeah. So he took everything off, and we told him that the, you know we were there, and we were just checking out the area, see if we seen anything. And uh, he was smoking cigarettes, you know, like he was just sucking up, sucking up the cigarettes. I think he smoked like six cigarettes back to back, you know, like. He was scared. You could see he was trembling. And he said that uh, he was gonna go use the restroom because there was an outdoor latrine out there. He said as he was uh, going to go to the restroom, he said he seen it. And I said, well, what did you see? He said, and he said, he, this is what he said. He said, Bigfoot. He said, Bigfoot, I seen him, it was Bigfoot. I said, he looked at me and he started coming at me. He said he took up running uh, up into the, into the, the room that's up, up on top of the ray, uh, the race tower, and he locked himself in there. And he said when he was locked up in there, that he was banging on the bottom 
of the tower. The towers are kind of made of like a steel aluminum. Mm-hmm. And he said that the, the tower was trembling, you know. It was trembling as he was banging on it. So uh, he's on my friends list, but he, he don't want to talk about it. I, I, I asked him if you want to share that story of what happened to him, but he never replied to me. Um, so that happened, happened in, there on, Fort, in Fort Worth? Oh, Fort Hood. No, Fort, Fort Hood, Texas, in the, on, on base. <laughs> oh, okay, because my brother was stationed out there, I think in the early yeah. 70s. He was a tanker. Yeah, no, awesome. there's, a, there's a lot of activity in, in, that, in Central Texas area itself, Bell County. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe uh, it has to do with natives. Uh, natives uh, a lot of uh, natives used to live in that area. Like on Fort Hood itself, near the towers, there is a cemetery up there. Uh, well, I just said uh, a burial site, any burial site. Okay. We're not allowed to go up to the hillside, but it exists up there. And I believe the Bilton Lake, uh, when they were building it, they were making that the, the, the lake. Uh, this old, old woman told me this story that they, they said they found a cave. The, the, they went into the cave and they found an altar and they, they found a statue of an eagle that was built within the cave and that was where they have the lake now so i'm thinking that it's, it's filled up with water that cave but I'll, I'll see activity like that on the trails like when you go trail walking uh, walking on the trails that they have or the parks you can see this uh shadow beings running around in the woods you know and, I, and and i'm thinking that they're it's dealing with natives but they can they can manifest themselves uh but I've seen them around the lakes. I've seen them, like I said, where I used to live uh, in Killeen. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not afraid to, to, to show themselves to you. There was this guy that delivered pizza for Domino's, uh, and uh, he said that he was going to go deliver a pizza near the, the lake, and he said he seen seen them. He seen that he's at a change shifter. So he literally seen the Indian crossing in front of him, you know. He yeah, said he had a... Uh, a uh, uh, wolf's uh, fur on it on his head and in his back. Oh, like a skinwalker. Like a skinwalker, yes. And, and I'm I'm thinking, see, a, a skinwalker shapeshifter, it can change into anybody. You know, it can change into any animal, and it can change into any person. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that they're they can reach your mind if you know if you're open to it. You don't have that foundation, and they can. If you're going through something, or you're thinking about something, he knows you what your thoughts are. It can mimic. It can mimic your voice. Somebody you knows voice. Somebody that that was in your life at one point in time that they're deceased. They can mimic their voices, and they can take the forms. Uh, that that what that's what happened to me. After so many encounters, there uh, there was one night the dogs were barking outside around I think ten thirty or eleven. So I went outside to see what the, where they were parking at. And across the mobile home where I lived, there was a, my neighbor's mobile home. He's got like a, a patio and a, he had a bench and I seen somebody sit on the bench and the person got up, it was a woman. And I was looking at the woman and it's like, that person looks familiar, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at, and I said, mom, you know? Oh, wow. And I'm looking, I said, mom, but you see, the problem with that was that my mom's been deceased since 1985. Wow. So it took her form. 
and he was look, she was looking at me or it, you know, I say it because, you know, he couldn't be here. And he went to the mobile homes and then he went parallel to the, to my street on the opposite street and he started walking towards the park. He started walking to the area where I, I was having my encounters where I got lured in there uh, as it was mimicking a woman yelling for help, you know. Uh, but yes, they can manifest themselves into anybody. Wow. Sometimes uh, you can hear them laughing. Like they'll take a, uh, they'll laugh like a man real loudly, or you can hear a woman laughing out of that area, you know, but because they can mimic voices. Uh, there's one time that uh, I was sitting at the park, and my, my best friend, um, her name was Belle, she had gotten married and, and moved to Pennsylvania, and I just got enough to phone because they, they, they left Pennsylvania, and she said that they made it safely over there. So I'm at the park, sitting at the park, right? So as I'm sitting there, I had barely gotten off the phone for, with her. Not even five minutes, I hear her voice calling from the creek. And uh, she said, hey, come here, it's me, Bill. <laughs> and I'm like, there's no way that's her, you know? Wow. And then she said, she says, come here, Abe, you know? And I'm looking and she's calling me from the creek and it's dark, pitch dark. And, uh, and then I said, well, you come here. And then I didn't hear nothing no more. Like around three minutes later, I hear her daughter's voice calling me uh, to go over there. And then it, I said, who, is that you? Uh, and then she said, yes, it's me, Britt, you know? And it's like, it, it started mimicking the voices of, of, of about three different people. But that's when I said, you know what, it's time for me to get out of here. Let me go back home. Uh, I'm just glad that I left that area. You know, it was it was pretty bad, you know, when it uh, it comes to your home and it bangs on your wall or they come into your home. They have the ability to open doors, open the sliding doors and be, and be inside my house. You know, I, would, I was always placing salt around my house and protection, placing protection like, for example, holy water or a mix up. My, my own natural elements of, of purity, like salt and garlic and place crosses, so they wouldn't be able to come in into my house. But, you know, they would always find a way. Uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. Wow. I'm just glad that I moved out of that area. What? Why do you think all this was attracted to you? I mean, there's got to be a reason that you stood out to these uh, entities. I think at first, uh, what started happening uh, is that, see, I believe I got attacked that there, and I didn't know what was the matter with me, but it, it seen an opening and attacked me. Uh, I wound up getting sick. Uh, wound up getting sick with a blood clot on my, on my left leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had, a, I had a fight over that. And this one, I was getting attacked physically and spiritually. So, you know, and I would pray every day, and I was like, God, when is this going to stop? And I felt like, I felt kind of like Job, you know, from the Bible, that all these things were happening to me. And I was trying to figure out why it was happening, because, you know, I have the faith and believe in God. So I still maintain my faith regardless of what was happening. Sometimes on uh, recordings that I would record, when I would hear something, mm-hmm. you, could hear, hear, you could hear them laughing on the recordings, and you could hear growls nearby me, you know. Uh, one time I told them to identify themselves uh, or, or identify itself and it said, heard. So 
figured it was the herd is kind of like the herd of swine from the Bible. So I figured it was the legion that's oh, out there okay. and in the woods, you know. So it, to me, uh, when they said herd, I felt it was demonic, you know, whatever's out there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I could see it as, you know, uh, shapeshifters is one of them. You know, I, I try to figure out what was going on out there, you know. Shapeshifters, which is native, right? Um, and then you, you have demonic, which they can change to their fallen angels. So they can take forms of the same way as a shapeshifter. They can take those forms. Right. So it's like, which one is it? You know, and because I've seen them in full form also as when they manifest into the, into the beast. Yeah. I've seen, uh, I've seen the, 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 the dog man or that look like, a like a, like a, like a werewolf, you know, like in the movies, I've seen them. Uh, as a matter of fact, I seen one. Uh, was it the big? I uh, was at the park. I was talking to my nephew about the military. They seen you know, this giant branch broke behind us. We were sitting on the park park bench, and a, it was a big old tree limb. I mean, it was huge. You just you just hear it land on the ground behind us. And when I looked to the left, I seen something land beside it, and he was standing there. I seen it. You know, it was it was huge. You could see the fur on it. You could see the face, and it went running into the into the woods, into the, into the creek, and next thing you know, he comes back out into the park and it and just starts running toward that area where I had my encounter. And it was running fast, you know. Uh, but I seen how he looked. You know, it he has the ability. You know, when a lot of people they're looking for it, they're looking for it on the ground, see if they can find it. Mm-hmm. Well, that this one fell from the tree. You know, he was on top of the tree, so he has the ability. So when people are looking down on the ground for footprints, they need to start looking up onto the trees because I believe, you know, they can be up there, be looking at you, your every move. Just like I was sitting there, I didn't know it was on the tree. I was hearing uh, like something like clawing on the tree. I could hear like, and I, I figured, well, maybe it's a lizard, you know. But the, the clawing sounded kind of loud, and this one, the, 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 it broke. It was so big that it broke the branch, mm-hmm. you know. It just broke the branch. Uh, it was a huge branch. It wasn't a, a little branch. It was real round. It, it could have been a a tree by itself, as as thick as a, it was an old tree. It was as thick as a as a branch was. Yeah. And like uh, my the... nephew, my, ne- my nephew witnessed it too because he was right there. Oh, so wow. we got up and we just left. You know, we just left back to the house. Wow. And me and my nephew, my, my nephew, uh, he witnessed the other one. Uh, we was at the in front of the our mobile home. We had a picnic table in front of the mobile home, and he said, "Hey, young, there's somebody taking over the SUV. Miss Evelyn's SUV. That was my neighbor. She lived like probably like six, seven, eight foot away from us. You know, in between the walls. It's not it's, it's not that wide. And uh, we, uh, we went over there and we went around the, the SUV. Uh, we see something running in, in in her yard. She had a fence, and he was running through the yard." So we went back to a yard and we're looking to see, we see someone running. We thought it was somebody trying to break into her vehicle. And then it was seen, and I see something kind of like low crawling. I'm looking, I said, is that a dog? They said, you know, it's high crawling. And I'm looking, I was like, is that a deer? And I said, man, that's too big to be a deer. You know, and then next thing you know, it was underneath a light, a lamp light that's right there. You know, the lights I have in, in, in the blocks. Uh, and just stood up and it freaked 
me out when it stood up it started running you know on its on twos oh. so i'm seeing this uh red uh it had red fur red brownish fur and it just running so whenever we go around the mobile home there was another one and i'm thinking that the one with the red fur it took a running a different direction but the one that was by the tree there was one all in black blackish grayish it was by a, by a tree of our neighbor's house and that's the one that started running down the street and we were, we were uh, running after it but it was too fast it was it was huge it was yeah. massive i believe that might have that was the alpha male y'all were um, chasing it was that y'all were we chasing it, it? From the opposite, so, yeah me and my nephew my nephew was fat, way faster than me you know he was probably like 19 or 20 at the time and but he, he left us behind he was so fast he was the way it read, his, his legs were inward it was, it was kind of like he wasn't even using his arms to run he had his arms you know like a dog would have it up in front mm-hmm. and it was just the stride it would take it was just using his, his legs his legs were massive nothing but muscle and he had a long upper body torso and a long neck and you could see the, the face the face was the snout wasn't that big and I could see the ears but it was just left, it left us it's kind of like a, it was by the time it would take one step, it was so 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 tall that the stride it would take was it was like leap a little bit, mm-hmm. and it was a long stride. It, it left us behind, and all I know, it ran into the park, but we didn't see it get a chance to see it go into the park. I know the the office because there's an officer. They had cameras there. Whether they know whether they they viewed the video or not, I do not know. But I know they have cameras there, and I'm more sure that the camera would have caught it. But uh, they were, I know they were real secretive, you know. I couldn't really tell them nothing about what was going on because they would get upset, you know, the management. So I just kept it to myself. What what were you going to do when you caught it? I wasn't trying to catch it. I was just trying to see. Oh. uh, Just to, we chased it just to make sure we, what we're seeing is something that, you know, like if it was real. And yeah, I got I mean, you. Now. It ran in the flesh. I would say from that area to the to the park, that's like 50, 50 to sixty meters, uh, sixty feet. So it was running in full form for fifty to sixty feet. You know, and that's why I say, was it spiritual? Is it that fast? Or what is it? What what is this that we're seeing? Because you know, I got to see a little bit of everything. You know, the spiritual where I was getting shoved to the ground by an unseen force. And then I seen it in the physical form that he took, you know. You think it was and the same thing? Uh, I'm thinking it is the same. It was the same thing. But you see that what was weird about it is there's no way it could have been the same thing to me uh, because the way it ran, it wasn't running like the footsteps that I would hear when mm. I got shoved. When I would hear the the footsteps running towards me, it was like I could actually hear the footsteps like something's running towards me. But the way the, the creature was moving, it was running like the footsteps that I was hearing because of the strides would be too long. I to got hear, you. You know. Uh, I understand so what you're saying. For a while, for a while, I just stayed away from the park. I would go to the park uh, just to, to relax, you know. I was I would train my senses, you know, Mother Nature. Uh, and that's why I would go to the, to the park for that, you know. It was relaxing for me, you know. I would just use my senses feel the energy of the trees and stuff like that but I guess whatever was there didn't like me doing that <laughs> oh you like meditating 
Yeah, I would meditate. Uh, like, I would work out, you know, I still work out to this day where I'm at now. I work out then too. I would go for walks. And when I go for the walks, I will implement uh, my, my training, you know, like uh, my using my senses, closing my eyes and see what I sense and stuff like that. When I go to the park, I would do the same thing. Sometimes I would pray, go into prayer. And I think whatever was there didn't like that, you know, and that's when he decided to so, uh, make, make, make its presence known to me. So you've been you've been meditating or, or prayer is actually like meditating. Um, yeah, yes. And uh, I, I think that's what made you stick out like a sore thumb where they where you drew uh, their attention, you know, with the light that was around you, especially if, yes, you, if it's Christian, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that. Yeah, when I moved, moved, moved into the area right there, uh, I got it because my, my, I was going to be a father. It's going to be my first, you know, my, is my first born was my son so i went to the area to really go there you know and with my you know my, i had bought a mobile home and for my son to grow up there in that environment mm-hmm. and i remember when he was like four or five years old he was playing on the slides and uh, my friend's daughter was playing on the slide and i went to go show her the creek the creek wasn't there for away from the slides and we were just seeing the water flow to the creek you know and by the time we went back out there, uh, the reason we went back there because we didn't hear him no more playing because we could hear him playing and all of a sudden we didn't hear him playing. So we went back to the slide and we couldn't find him. We searched the whole park and the park has two sides. We, were, we looked on both sides and we couldn't find him. So I went back home and I said, well, maybe he went back home to play video games or something, you know? So I went back home. My sister was there and she said it wasn't there. so. She came uh, and started helping us look for him, and we were searching everywhere. And my son, he was a tall boy, so when I was looking at the slide again, I seen the top of his head uh, in the woods. Uh, he was standing there to see him, so I took a run in there, and I said, son, what are you doing? And when I got into the woods, uh, uh, my friend's daughter was standing right there beside him, too, like they were in a trance-like state. Ooh. And I said, son, what's what are you doing here? Why, why are you in the woods? And he wouldn't say nothing. And the next thing he said, he said, uh, the, men in, the men in black uh, call us over here. He called me the men in black, the men in black. So I got him out of the woods and my, my friend uh, got, got him. And I went to go search for this man in black. You know, to me, when he said man in black, I, I thought he was saying like maybe African-American. So I went in there looking to see if there was somebody in there that lured him in the woods, you know, and I searched everywhere in the woods. I went to the bridge, to the creek. I got on the, on the freeway and I didn't see nobody. Uh, so I went back and we took him home. So then uh, the following day, I, say, I told my friend, bring your camcorder, you know, bring your camcorder and maybe we can record. Maybe we'll see if there is somebody living in the woods. We can uh, record them, get get them on videotape, and we can call the police and, and report what happened. You know, because to me it could have been, you know, a pedophile or something like that. Right. So we went in there and we started walking in the path, and she was recording. And next thing you know, I heard her say, "Oh my God!" And she just she said, "I, I think I caught something." And she turned around and, and took a running out of the woods, you know. And I'm looking, and I didn't see nothing, you know. I'm looking. Uh, so we went to go look at the video, you know, and 
in the video, you could see something looking through the trees at us. But what was looking at us was made out of branches and leaves. And he had an amulet around his neck, like a goldish amulet. And as it was looking at us, you could see it going straight down into Mother Nature itself, straight into the ground. Whoa. It, was, it was big and it went straight into the ground. You know, uh, I know natives, they used to bury their loved ones and they would plant trees, right? Because they used the tree as a marker for the burial ground. So, you know, <laughs> it's like, I don't know what, the, what I was dealing with, but a little bit after that, there was this lady that lived in the, in the, in the edge of the park and uh, she had been there already like 25 years and she told me not to go into the path. And I asked her why, and she said, because there's something evil there. It's like, what do you mean something evil? And I said, just don't go in there, there's a, a, a beast in there, it's, it's evil, do not go in there. I said, you, if you wanna go to the store, go around, don't go through those in those woods, there's something evil there. And uh, she was already old, she was like in 65, and I thought she was just maybe making it up, but well, after I started experiencing all the things that we started experiencing, then I believed her that she was not lying. But she left out of those. She left uh, out of there. Oh, you lost contact with her. Well, yeah, she moved. She moved out of the. Uh, she moved her mobile home and everything. Just got out of there. Oh yeah, but she I, she I knew. Living there twenty something years. Uh, I had another friend that lived by the edge of that wall line. And she couldn't see at nighttime, and she would call me to help her walk her dog at nighttime. And I would go and walk the dog in the park. You know, this before I had my encounters and all this. And there was one night she called me, and she said, Hey, but I think somebody's out here. I said, What happened? Uh, she's like, I was going to take out the dog. And she had a German Shepherd. She said, But he, he just turned around and, and, and came running inside, scared, you know. And, and she said that somebody, something was banging on a tree and she could hear something banging on the tree real loud, you know, and she went and set the home. So I went got there, when I got there, I found a, a big old piece of log thrown towards the mobile home where it hit it. You could see the mark that bent where it hit it. And uh, I started asking to see who was there and I went to that area by the, by the edge of the trail and nobody said nothing. Mm. But this is before, you know, to me, I guess what started happening is, you know, after everything that I started experiencing, I wanted to see what was what was happening there. You know, I wanted to see, you know, what was there out of curiosity because you know how I learned my son. So to me, it was kind of like, like a, I should I say, I wanted to get rid of whatever was there because it tried to take my son. You see? Yeah. So I hold it as a kind of like a personal vendetta. And I feel that the whatever is there is dangerous. I mean, if you my son like that into the wood, it's dangerous to anybody else because, you know, the swing sets are there and the slides and kids go play there that, you know, so there other kids in there. I know uh, it tried to lure my, my, uh, my uh, nephew's girlfriend in there. She was already like 17 and she come running from the park and she was crying. And she said that she seen a, a shadow come around the branches and she, he, he, he called her by her name and he was, he was uh, waving at her to come there to go to it. You know? Oh man. So we, me and my nephew, we went running there and we searched but there was nothing there. 
that's, I don't know, man. It's just like trying to get its victims by luring them in there. Well, this is not the only thing that it would do. Uh, it would take this the form. You know, this one said, I don't know exactly what was in the location, but it would take a form of a... Uh, can you hear that squeaking sound? No. Is that a bird? No, this is my dog playing. I'm going to get it. Oh. Noise with his oh, I thought you had a uh, like a like a parrot or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I got it away from him. But yeah, the thing though, the other things that were happening there is at nighttime you could hear something come banging on the walls. Like he wanted me to come out like around two, three in the morning. So I'll go out there and I have my holy water and I start spraying salt and, and praying. You know, I pray around the home. You know. That's what I'm supposed to do, you know, uh, to protect my, my home. Uh, but there was a time where my nephew had a had a son, and he the son was probably a couple of months old. And I was in my room, and I heard him crying. And so when I opened my door, my bedroom door, I live in a, in a single white, and I opened the door, and I seen somebody over him, and I thought it was my nephew changing his diaper. And it was dark. And when I looked, the door, the front door was open. So next thing you know, uh, this thing or whatever that was over him took him running out the door. And I was like, oh, that's not my nephew. So I started chasing him. And I said, I said, Rick, Rick, somebody was trying to take your son. And he, he come out of the room. So I'm running after it. And as I'm running after it down the street, it's not even running. It's gliding off the, off the ground, you know. And it started, it glided and it went into a tree. So it's in the tree, and I was like, a, I thought he was behind the tree, right? So then you know, he comes out of the tree and jumps into another tree, and then he comes out of that tree and he starts flying in the flying in the air towards the air, and as he's flying towards the air, he starts laughing, and he's laughing. You could hear him laughing like a man, and he's he's flying in there. It, it was all black. It looked like he had like a like a cape of sort, and he's flying up towards the trees and that's where it went to into up towards the tree uh the higher branches oh man so and i'm praying and i'm, I'm telling it to identify itself i mean it came out and then he just started laughing so it did did it identify itself and, and the only thing it did is it showed itself as it was gliding away from me and he was laughing at me you know i was uh, praying to our father when he was laughing at me you know i, was, I wanted to to turn around or do something so I can rebuke it, you know? Yeah. And But it it, it, it was it took off. It didn't want to face me in that manner. It's kind of like uh, when it started, the things really started happening because I was already open to it, you know, because I guess what happened is it, I started getting open to it more, you know, I was, I was spiritually grounding myself. I took, uh, to the, it was showing itself more and more to, to me and it was showing more and more to me it's kind of like an opening, right? Because you're seeing it, you're hearing it, and you're like, oh, that's definitely something, but it's kind of like if you're seeing it and hearing it, then you're believing in it. So that's the opening was using against me. That's when, after that, you know, I started getting attacked spiritually. I mean, literally, it was like a, like I told you, it was, it was dropping me. I had scratches on my back. I had bruises on my back. I wake up with scratches bite marks on my, on my arms and my legs. Uh, it was, you know, attacking me, you know, and I would just pray every day 
hoping that it would stop, you know, because he was trying to take me out, you know, in a sensible way. But uh, I was like, well, what opening am I leaving myself to this? And then I say, you know what? I need to forgive everybody from my past. You know, I need to forgive all the people that I might have some kind of anger towards. You know, I, I was trying to find a solution, so I did that, and I asked that forgiveness, you know, and that day that I did that, that I forgave, the they showed themselves to me inside my, my house. Uh, there was like, uh, I believe three of them, and they were standing by my bed, and uh, they showed themselves to me, and they was talking to me telepathically, uh, and they said they wanted to show me something. So uh, they showed me where they came from. Uh, they came from Sinai, I guess that would be hell. And they showed me all the people <clears throat> that they were tortured. And they were, they were showing people where, where the flesh was coming off their bodies. And then after the torture, the spiritual torture, the flesh will come back and they were going through the same thing over and over. And they said their names, uh, but the names that they were saying was kind of like, how should I say? Like names, like uh, of what they do, you know, uh, like like uh, flesh. They're dealing with the flesh. Like uh, they had real evil names, you know. I just didn't want to repeat them. But then, then uh, they told me they want me to do something, you know. And then I didn't say I didn't say what. They told me that they wanted me to take my life. That's what they told me. Basically, to commit suicide. Wow. But then, with myself, within myself, I knew that I asked God for forgiveness, and God is a forgiving God. Yeah. And I, at that time, when they when they when they asked me that, I knew that there was something bigger. I knew that since God, I for, asked for forgiveness, God forgave me. That's what they showed themselves to me. It was their last attempt. So what I did is, this was told me that if I didn't take my life, then they were going to come after my son. And I told him, first of all, my son is protected by the Heavenly Father. And second of all, I tie by and rebuke you in the, in the name of Jesus Christ. When I did that, they left, they faded out, they left. And after they left, all the things that were happening to me ceased. I took authority over them and, and got, I guess you could say, power over over it because I, I, I stopped believing in it and I tie by and rebuke it in Jesus name so then a little bit after that is when I, I left to I moved to Temple Texas wow man see you're like a military man a soldier and then you're also a spiritual warrior yes yes brother uh, I've always been a spiritual warrior uh, all my life ever since you know, I lost my mom when I was 15 years old, and her spirit has always been with me there. You know, there's times that when I've been in situations, when I was in the Army of the Native Greedy, that she, her spirit, her presence was there. Like, I remember one time her tank was going to flip, and we're stuck in a, it was nighttime in, in California, NTC, and we're, we got a four-man crew, right? So we're in a situation where our tank is tilted a certain way. The only thing that's holding us up is the gun should be stuck in the ground, and we, we don't know what's, they were fixing a flip and nobody's moving. It's like, I was sitting on the gun tube and my, the loader was sitting on the wall 
the, the driver was stepping on the brakes and he put the parking brakes on and we didn't know what was going to happen. We turned on the headlights, you know, so people could see us. They couldn't see us. They couldn't find us. And we, just, we had communication over the net. And the next thing you know, uh, you hear a woman crying. And you hear a woman crying. And when she's crying, uh, my, my driver is like, you hear that, Sergeant? You hear that? And I was like, don't worry about it. And I guess I recognized the, the voice. And I knew that was my mother, you know. And she was there around in spirit you know, to protect us. Not just me, but the whole crew. But right after that, as, and I kept praying with it myself, it's when they came and they saved us, you know, they hooked up a, a big old tow cable to the back of our tank and gave us enough time to slide off the tank to, to go to safety. The following day, when the sun rose, I mean, we was in a, in a predicament, our tank was like an eight foot, eight, I think it was like a 20 foot drop and it was in an angle. So they had literally had to drag it down into the into the wadi. They call it a wadi. They had to drag it into the wadi, and both of our tracks busted. And then we had to uh, uh, place the tracks back on the tank in, in order for us to get out of there. But yeah, we nearly flipped over. And most of the times, like that in California, when the tank flips over, the likelihood of people within the tank surviving is very slim. You know. Wow. I mean, that's that's crazy, man. Like this tank is flipping over, and I'm trying to like, cause there's not very much room in there. The tank is 65 tons. Uh, at that time, they probably. I think right now they weigh more than that because they have more equipment. They weigh like 75 tons. Mm -hmm. But back then, uh, they were 65 tons. I was in the Abrams tank. Okay. Uh, but the crew. They were, they were they're freaked out when they heard the woman crying and they were like what is that and uh no, i just started praying but I, but I knew that it was my mom's spirit around you know protecting us uh she's she's been around me for a very long time in spirit you know this that's why i always tell everybody i was a matina love foundation because uh, if you maintain love foundation when you cross over you have the love foundation is what's going to help you go and come into this world, you know, uh, go into the heavens, the Matina Love Foundation, you know, and that's why, you know, even though I've been in combat and I've done what I had to do or, you know, I always, I always have had a, a love foundation. You know, there's people that say, well, a love foundation ain't going to be able to fight a Bigfoot, ain't going to be able to fight a dog, man. That's it, but that's why they're wrong, you see, because Jesus used love to overcome everything. Yeah. The temptations of the devil, when he told him, tell him he could take give him the whole world, but he'd already belonged to Jesus. Uh, you can overcome anything through love, but you really have to honestly, truly have the faith, you know. That's right. Have that, that, that faith, but love is the key. Uh, without love, if you do have spiritual gifts, it doesn't matter, but with the Love Foundation, the spiritual gifts that you have or blessed with, they become very, I should have said, strong. And I think that's why I could see here, you know, I had that ability to do that. I still have that ability. There's times where I could be at a hospital and I could see unclean spirits coming out of the rooms where people are sick. 
Uh, I'll share a story with you about that. I was at the hospital. Uh, my brother-in-law had got in an accident, so I went to uh, go pray for him. I placed crosses in the room to protect him and placed crosses on him uh, for protection. He was in a, in, a, in a coma. And when I went to go sit on the lobby, there was a little girl crying, you know, and I was like, what's the matter? She said, my, my, my father, he's going to die. So, and I told her, can you take me to where your father is? So she took me, uh, she was in the ICU room, and he's right there. I could see a priest was reading him his last rites because he was fixing to die. So the priest left, and uh, I asked the family members if I could talk to him. I said, sure. So I went in there, and I said, uh, how you doing, sir? And uh, it's like, well, I'm fixing to die and all this. And I told him not to give that opening, not to give, not to think that way. I said, if, I, if there was a way uh, for you to survive, would you do it? I said, well, it depends what it is. I said, well, it's, it's easy. It's up to you. Said, do you believe? All you have to do is, is believe, you know, believe in, in, in Jesus because he's the one that gives us, makes things happen for us. I said, if you can come out of this and you can be saved, would you believe in, in Jesus or in God? And uh, he said, yes. And so... No, I did the same thing I did for my brother up to him. I placed crosses in the room to keep the negativity out of the room, and I prayed for him. So I went back to the lobby, and as I'm sitting in the lobby, not even like five minutes, seven minutes later, uh, the problem he had, his liver was gone. You know, he had no more liver. There's like six, seven doctors sitting in the in the, in the hallway. And they're looking at the shards and, and they're like, this, there's no way possible this can happen. There's no way possible this can happen. And they're looking at the shards. What happened is he had another liver. What? You see? Wow. He had another liver. And this man literally, that day, he walked out of the room, out of the room, and out of the ICU room, and he left the hospital with a brand new liver. Wow. Yeah, and the only the only the only one that can do that is you gotta have you know, when he I believe when he accepted, you know, he let God in and he believed, he made it happen for him, you know, and, and you gotta have the faith and belief, you know, for in order for things to happen in a positive way. And I seen the little girl smiling, she was all happy, you know, and it, you know. Uh God can use us as vessels uh to make miracles happen. Uh, we're because we're we can be used as a vessel like that, and then at the same time we can be used as a vessel to fight the unseen, you know. And I believe that's why I was going through what I was going through when I was in Colleen, uh was fighting this unseen forces that were there that were attacking people. Uh, I literally uh, there was a time where I was walking down the the highway. I was going to the store because I was I stopped going through those woods and. There was a man that was walking on the right side of the road, and as he was walking on the right side of the road, I seen him get lifted up in the air, like four or five feet, and he gets dropped on the ground. I mean, he lands, boom, hits his head on the ground. And then as you know, he gets picked up again by an unseen force up in the air, and he gets slammed again by the rails, near the rails of the, of the bridge. So I go parallel to him, and I'm looking, and I said, sir, do you need help? And he's not saying, he's not responding. He just laid out on the ground. So uh, I walk a little bit further up in, in the middle of the bridge and across to the other side. And I'm looking at him. And I said, sir, uh, can I help you? You know, do you need help? 
he looks at me and he gets up real slowly and he comes stumbling towards me, you know. And he looks at me and his eye are a little bit reddish, you know. And I uh, figured he's like that because of the hit, you know, when he landed on the ground. And then he's like, he looks at me and he says, next time I see you, I'm going to kill you, right? Whoa. So I, I knew, I knew, I knew spiritually that there was something that asked for that attack and it wasn't him. So I ignored what he said to me. I said, come on, sir, let me help you. Now I started using my love foundation. And he said it again, next time I see you, I'm going to kill you. So I ignored what was within him. And, uh, and I started using love. Come on, sir, let me help you. Let me, let, let's go get some water. I'm, I started using love within myself, even though I know that there's something within him. So I'm crossing the, we cross the street and I'm taking him to the family dollar and uh, buying some water and, and he keeps on repeating himself. And I said, come on in. He repeated himself like four or five times, telling the same thing, next time I see him, I'm gonna kill you, you know? And I knew it, whatever it was that attacked him was within him. So I went to the to the cooler to get some water, some cold water for him. And he asked uh, the clerk, what was your name? She said her name and she said, next time I see you, I'm gonna kill you. So I heard the same thing. And I thought, and she just got, got scared, you know, and I was like, don't worry about him. I found him on the bridge. He hit his head. He don't know what he's saying. So I prayed over the water. I blessed it. And I gave it to him. And he drank the water. And as soon as he drank the water after I blessed it, it's like he became normal. <laughs> and he was like, hey, thank you for the water. And, you know, he's like, you don't remember how he got there. You don't remember what happened to him. You don't remember how he got slammed on the ground. You don't remember crossing the bridge. He just knew that I bought him some water. And he started talking fine, and he said, really appreciate it, I gotta get home, and he just left, you know? Man. I don't remember what happened to him, but I knew that he was being, if, if I would've helped him at that time, I, 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 um, I had a big feeling that, that he was gonna get taken. The LC4s, I mean, the LC4s picked him up and slammed the ground twice, so, if you could pick him up in the air and drop him like that, he had the ability to drag him. So, it sounded like you fought this thing with love. Yes. Every single time, brother. Every single time. Even when I, I was getting attacked physically or spiritually, I, I continued using love, maintaining my love foundation. Uh, no fear. No matter what No matter what form it took, I wasn't afraid of it. I knew, I knew that that he was afraid of a prayer, and I knew he was afraid of a higher power of God and Jesus, because every time I brought his name, well, they would, they would take off, and they were clear, clear the, the, the area, you know? It's when, the time that I attacked is when I, when uh, I would start seeing him, and you know, like, I said, you see him, you hear him, and it, in a sense he's believing, so that's the opening he was using to attack me until I put a stop to that, because I figure out, well, what am I, what opening is he using? And it was the opening of unforgiveness. Yeah. See? Yeah. So once I, I forgave all the people from my past, and that's when things got better for me, you know, and, and everything turned around. But yeah, they, there's a lot of people, man, in that area that have been, atta been attacked. Imagine being attacked by something that you cannot see, and it's attacking you daily, a little bit of time, draining your energy. Uh, and, and the way it's doing that is because, you know, for those that are not, how should I say, spiritually trained, they don't know what's happening to them. They're like, man, I feel sick. Or, you know, they don't want to get seriously, seriously ill. Like, I believe it, it would attack 
the elderly. I seen it attack an old man. He was walking, and next thing you know, he fell to the ground. And there I am helping him out, and I'm trying to take him to safety. And he was stumbling. He was draining people's energy. Uh, all I know is in the block that I lived, there was one, two, three, four, five people that died within two months, man. Oh man! I, I would see him. I would see him literally going to the homes. And when they were they would take the shadow form, the dark shadow form, and those went to the homes. You know, I try to warn my neighbors, and it's like they were like they didn't really kind of believe me. But the ones that I try to warn, because I would see them going to the homes, they all passed away. Uh, they all had one thing in common: they were all found dead in their beds. Oh wow! Every single one of them. There was a man that hadn't even been there a year, was in an RV, and they found him dead in his bed. Uh, there was a, the neighbor behind me, she had died. She she died in her bed, and the Philippine lady across her died, died on a recliner, sitting, uh, sitting down. Uh, then uh, Miss Kim, that was my neighbor that lived right behind me, on to my left side, I've known her for a long time. She was found dead in her bed. There was another man that uh, he inherited a house from his brother because his brother was found dead in the bed, like maybe like three years prior to that. And he inherited the home. Next thing you know, not even a year, he was found dead in the bed. Oh my God. Now, are these elder folks, like older? Yeah, they, they were older, but not that old, man. They were probably like in their, uh, some of them, probably like in their 60s. Okay. In their 60s. But they were all found dead in the bed within a, a certain time frame, you know. And they're, uh, they're trying to say it was natural causes or the unexplainable. Uh, I would say I would say unexplainable. They're they're found dead in the beds, you know. I mean, who really knows what happened to them? Uh, the only thing I know is the things that were around the, that area that was going into the homes, and I, I believe if they died or something. They died because they got their energy drained by balancing force. And they might have had some kind of ailment, but it's just weird to me that that many people died within a short period of time frame. And it was the time that I was seeing this, this shadow beings going, going into the homes that I was, I literally see them. They go in and come out of the homes, you know, just like they would enter my home. Me, I went up and getting sick when I was getting attacked. I went up with a blood clot on my leg, you know, a big club, and I think that was one of the openings. I think it, it focused on, on trying to take you out in that way, in that in that manner. Yeah, there was uh, something through health, uh, yeah. through health issues, you know, it attacks you in that manner spiritually. But thank God that I overcame that, you know, and I'm gonna say my faith and my love. Uh, I, have, I have a picture where I used to walk, you know, when I had the after the blood clot. I would go walking at night time. I would walk like eight, nine miles. I was trying to strengthen my leg. And uh, there was one early morning, you know, I was walking. I had, I was going to go do some exercise, walk around this quad that's out of the mobile home park. And as I was walking, I just felt a lot of weight on top of me, you know. And, and I, it, it was so heavy of a weight that it dropped me to my knees. And as I dropped to my knees, I had my phone on my left hand, you know. I just dropped to my knees and... Next thing you know, I just feel my my whole my head starts going towards my chest, and I it's like I'm getting weighed down by something, and and next thing you know is I'm getting weighed down, I'm getting 
closer and closer to the ground, I said, uh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. And next thing you know, I felt the heavy weight lift off of me, right? And I was able to get up and started stumbling. Uh, I guess it was, it had drained my energy and I barely made it home. And when I made it home, I was out, you know, it, it's like it drained my energy. I just had enough energy to make it home. I hadn't even walked, not even half a mile, you know, so I made it home. I cut through in between the homes and made it home and I was out, I was out all day, it, it like drained my energy. So when I woke up, um, uh, I had my phone still there laying by me and I was, I was looking on my phone. I have a picture where, where I guess where I was, where I would drive me to the ground, uh, get weighed down that my, guess my finger accidentally took a picture. And in the picture you could see this dark figures coming from the sky, like they were landing on top of me. You could see it on the picture. I was on the street, you could see a fence where I was walking, but you could see this, this shadow figures coming from the sky down uh, on me. Oh, man. I got that picture on my site, on Positive Spiritualist. I believe I got it on Spiritual and Cryptid Encounters also. Okay. Uh, I would try to get answers to everything, you know, when I see something, and I know in the Bible, it talks about a void that's in the sky, you know, and uh, from that void in the sky is this unclean spirits come also uh, this dark entity so I figured it came from the void you know from the sky you know whatever the void is if it's from another dimension I don't know but all I know is whatever attacked me came from the sky and landed on top of me whatever it was uh, it reminds me of when the legion got cast up in the heaven you know when they come from the sky they come to the sky because they're being they got thrown out of the heavens, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's a void. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. You know, I was trying to find some kind of logical reason. You know, I, I look into it in, in, in a spiritual way. Yeah. What they say, heaven has many rooms. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's yeah. very possible. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, when I was like around, I was, uh, ever heard of Ouija boards? You know, people mention Ouija boards. Yeah. When I was, uh, 16, my sister had bought a, a an old Ouija board from a garage that was made out of wood. And she was always carrying the Ouija board with her, you know, and she was messing with it. And she had one day, uh, this after my mom had passed, you know, passed away. I come up at work, I was working at Walmart and, She's in, in, in the living room and her, her, her hair is over her face. And she says to me, fuck you, you know? And I'm like, what'd you say? And she's got the Ouija board in her, in her thing and the, and the little thing is moving by itself. She's not even touching it. Oh, wow. And, it, and, and, and it's, she's spelling out the bad words that the Ouija board is, is I guess, spelling out for her to say. Yeah. And it's like, when I took the Ouija board from her, uh, because you know, I got upset because he said, you kill me, I'll kill your mom, right? So oh. I had a crucifix and I had a, some holy water. So I grabbed the, I took it out of my sister and my sister jumped on me and she started attacking me, you know, scratching me and stuff. And I pushed her off of me and I took the, the Ouija board out of her hand and I took it outside. I placed some holy water on it and the crucifix. 
when I was praying against it. And then I got some gasoline and I burned the sucker, you know. Yeah. I burned it and there was black smoke coming out of it. Real dark black smoke was coming out of it. I burned it. And and then that was the end of the Ouija board, right? So two weeks later, it's around 10.30 at night and I'm outside with my friends, some female friends that were talking. And there's this guy that's passing on a, on a bicycle. He's got a black pants on and a white shirt. And he's passing by the vehicle. He makes this, this howling sound like, you know? Mm-hmm. Real loud and the girls, they start screaming. They get scared and he turns around back and he stops right there by, by where we we're talking. And he said, who's afraid? And uh, I told him, well, nobody's afraid. And he told me, you shut up, you know? And I'm looking at this guy and he looks like this guy I know from school. And I said, look, hey, what are you doing here, Martin? I said, nobody's afraid here, you know? And he told me to tell me again, you shut up. So he's looking at the girls, and as I'm looking at the girls, they're not moving, they're not talking, they're not blinking. It's kind of like time is frozen, you know? Yeah. So I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and he he starts mimicking me. Like, if I had my hands on my hips, he'd place them on his hips. If I place my hands across uh, across my arms, he's crossing his arms, and he's mimicking every, every move I'm making, you know? like. And I'm like, man, is he trying to get me upset? What is he trying to do? So... You know, spiritually, you know, like, man, he's trying to find an opening, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking at him and said, well, why are you here, Martin? And he's like, he's looking at me and he's like, he's got a smile on his face and he's like, I'm going to give you a hint. That's what he told me. He said, just because you place holy water on me, place a cross on me and burn me, don't mean you're going to get rid of me. That's what he told me. Oh, my God. Um, and I was like, the first thing that popped into my mind was a Ouija board. So I'm looking at him, he's looking at me, and he's got a smile on his face. And he said, there's two two paths. I said, in one path, you can have anything you want. You can have all the money in the world, but you got to join me. And that's what he told me. And I said, in the second one, you already know that path. And I said, first of all, so you already know what path I'm on. I, I, I'm going to place out first. And he, he started moving real crazy and he, he yelled real loudly. And saying, I'm going to, and I'm going to believe in God. And I start saying to our father, I start saying to our father, I'm saying to your father, he's like, there's this car that passes by, right? And as I lights hit him, you can see like a skull and the skull, like the, the face turns to a skull and he turns around real fast. So I won't be able to see his, his full form. And then he said, there's going to be a day that God is not with you. And when God is not there with you, I'm going to be there. And he, tried, he said, I cannot win right now, but one day I'm, I'm going to be there. He turns around and, he, and he, he takes off on his bike, not even five to ten feet away from us. He just uh, disappears in thin air. And you can see white smoke come out. And then he smelled like sulfur. You know, uh, And to me, that was like one of my first spiritual battles that I, that I went through. Well, I had been through some other ones before when I was younger, but that was like one of my uh, spiritual battles that I went through when I was growing up. Man. And then uh, like a week later, I seen the guy Martin, and I asked him, hey, man, why do you come over here to my house to miss my friends? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I, and I was, I was telling him, it was you that was there that night. Why are you, why are you scaring my friends? You know, I said, no, there's no way it could have been me. I said, how is that? I said, because I was locked up in jail. So there's no way. So I've been <laughs> oh in jail God. for two weeks. 
Oh my God. <laughs> and then I looked it up in the newspaper, you know, and I, and I talked to his sister, and, it, and she showed me that he was in jail. So there's no way it was him. So you know, he, but it took the form of him. So he verified that he really was locked up. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like around 16 years old. He was he was like a year or two years older than me. He was like 19 already. But yeah, man, uh, just to give me a little bit of, of a spiritual experiences that I've encountered. Uh, I know you know. So what other things would you like to talk about? Well, I mean, that is pretty some. That's some heavy stuff. Uh, the spiritual yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, because you got to think about that. Some people that aren't uh, spiritually strong, and you know, they experience being attacked. You know, they they go through depression, and like you said, yeah. there's there is um, a lot of people don't understand that these uh, entities can actually make you sick. I mean, they're responsible for cancer, uh, other you know, mental disabilities. Um, yeah. you know, physical, like you said, where you were, where you had that blood clot, you know, physical, um, attacks on your body to make you sick. And, and that's all to like test your faith. I mean, I mean, I had an uncle that, uh, he was very, uh, spiritual and then he got cancer. Well, I started to see a change in him where he was always, uh, very positive and, and loving and stuff you know and uh, he started getting bitter and and he and he he just be, I always wanted to be around him just because he was such a good person and then all of a sudden you know he started getting real negative and you know he called me I wouldn't answer the phone you know I didn't want I kind of didn't want to be around him you know it was so weird to see him like that and then when he uh he started pushing harder to get me to, to, to talk to him. And I finally did. And he told me a story that where, you know, he, he just said, I, I'm done with God. And, you know, you know, I did everything I'm supposed to do. And, and this is what I get, you know? So he took it like that. But then, uh, he was sitting in the, uh, in his room in the middle of the night you know, where he couldn't sleep, and he said it was pitch black, and he was just sitting there, just like, leave me alone, God, I don't want anything to do with you, you know, you, I did all this, and he said a light just came from the root, from the ceiling, like, like it was, like, dripping, almost like lava from the roof, and it kind of stopped in the middle before it hit the floor, and he said, I knew exactly who that was, and he said uh, that God had told him, come with me, and yes. and he showed him he took him to hell and he showed him all the bad stuff and uh then he took him up to heaven and he says hey i want you to go back and tell your family that or tell everybody that you can that will listen that heaven and hell is real and he came back and he he told me that story and i was he was back he was he was back to his his old self i mean he had accepted that you know he was sick and and his time was uh limited but it didn't matter anymore he was using all that time that he had left to to uh -huh. to be a positive 
uh, person in people's lives and try to tell them more about God. You know, where before when he started losing faith, after all, he got really sick. It like was 10 times stronger than it originally was. So sometimes going through uh, bad times and everything, um, as long as you focus and you, and, and you uh, pay attention, you can actually get something out of it. And like with, with you saying that uh, even though you believed in God and you were uh, doing everything, you still had a chink in your armor because you didn't forgive. And once you forgave, your armor got... Ten times stronger, and so yeah, because uh, forgiving is part of love. Right. That's what people, a lot of people, a lot of people don't understand that. You know, I have uh, a lot of friends. You know that sometimes they argue amongst each other and they start talking about each other. You know, badly. And and to me, I tell them not to be doing that because it could be an opening because you have to forgive. You know. Exactly. Uh, I mean, when somebody says something bad to me, I ignore it uh, because, you know, like I said, it's about openings and they can be used just like I can be used as a vessel of love. Other people can be used uh, as a level, as a vessel of, of hatred, you know, not saying that they're bad people. It's just that it's the openings that they have that they can be used in that manner. You know, like you were saying about your uncle, you know, the opening was that he was sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I first got the blood cloud on my leg, I was nearby those woods and I felt something hit me on the leg. When I made it home, I had a piece of something stuck on my foot and I pulled it out. It looked like a little arrow uh, that hit me on my leg. And I pulled it out and I was like, man, where did this come from, you know? And next thing you know, it's like I went up with a blood clot on my leg. After that arrow hit me on the leg, it was like a little, this small arrow. Like when I pulled it out, you could see the, the, the tip, but it was made out of... Uh, like metal, mm. like a little spear of sort. Yeah, I had pulled it out of my leg, so that's when I started having problems with my left leg. Mm. Now, to this day, uh, I have to take nets for that now because the blood clot that I got in was so big that I had gone to the doctor, to the VA, and I had to get in an argument with, the, with my neurologist because it, nobody wanted to help me. You know, my leg was like three times bigger than my right. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, I showed him my leg. And, I mean, golly, when your leg is three times bigger than the other one, you know, there's got to be something wrong with you. Right. And he's like, I don't He's like, I don't see nothing wrong with you. And I said, well, with all due respect, do you use glasses? Do you, do you wear glasses? <laughs> and so what are, you, what, are you, what are you trying to say? I said, because you must be blind, blind, blinder than a bat. And he got mad. You know, he got so mad that he started filling out some paperwork. He said, you better go to the emergency room right now. If you don't go to the emergency room, then I'm going to write you up. He was pissed off with me, you know, but I had to get him upset in order for me to get help. But I went to the emergency room and I was waiting there. They put me in the middle of a hallway. They didn't give me a room. So I'm, there, I'm sitting there for about three hours, right? So then next thing you know, the doctor comes and he's like, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry for not, not, not listening to you. He said, and he was like, he said, you have a blood clot on your left leg. You know, I'm sorry. And he just left. I'm so sorry. And he left. You know, and next thing you know, they don't have no room for me. So they transferred me from there to another hospital. And when I get to the other hospital, it's called King Daughters Hospital. 
that told me I'm going to be there for about two to three weeks because of the black lot is so big. And they were telling me the chances of me living were slim. We were very slim, you know, that uh, it was too big. There was nothing they could do. So the only thing they could do is give me thinners, as that's what they said. And so I'm there in an ICU room. Laying, uh, gave me some shots on the stomach, and I'm laying there, and as I'm getting dizzy because of the shots, the blood thinner, the nurses come with a piece of paper, and it's got like all, all check marks of my organs, and they, t- and they want me to sign a piece of paper, and I'm like so much in a day that I think they helped me sign the piece of paper for my organs, you know? Because mm-hmm. I don't remember signing, all I remember is I was out. So as I was out, uh, I, I went into the spiritual realm, um, I'm walking up this this stairs. They're made out of like gold, and I see something very bright in the sky that is blinding me, you know. And as I look downward, because it blinded me, I look downward. I could see the earth below me. I could see the, the stars. I could see you know the and I could see the earth in the distance. And as I keep on walking up up the stairs, I'm, I'm told to stop, you know, by a, by a voice that sounds like Mother Nature like uh, thunder and, you know, like wind, everything combined, it tells me to stop. And it, it asked me, what what do I want? You know, and uh, I told them, the first thing they thought to me was the, the love I had with my son. My son was like, four, uh, at that time when they happened, well, I was three years, he was three years old. And I was thinking about my son, that I love him, you know, and that he's gonna take care of my son and stuff like that. And I had that thought in my mind, you know, or in my spirit was the love I had with my son. And I said, well, I, want, I love my son. I want to be with my son. And then it, uh, the voice said to me, then what are you doing here? So to me, when they said, what are you doing here? It, it was blessing me to come back, you know? So I could see my spirit going back into the hospital room and it went into my body and my spirit spun. And when it spun, I didn't have to open my eyes because my eyes were already open because my eyes were rolled back white. Uh, I spun. And when I came, my spirit came back into my body, I could see automatically because my wife, my eyes were open already. Uh, as I, as I saw, uh, the curtain open and it was a doctor. The doctor had a smile on his face, you know, he was smiling. But then when he see me looking at him and I was, and you know, he see me looking at him, I could see his, his smile go into fear, you know? So it just, his smile went into fear. He, he took off running out of the room, you know? He started, ran out of the room. I'm like, man, what's the matter with the doctor, you know? <laughs> so next thing you know, like five minutes later, uh, nurses, three nurses come in there. They tell me I need to get up and leave, you know? So I'll, there I go, I get up. And I'm like, why, why do you want me to leave? I only, you said I was going to be here in two to three weeks. This, you said, you need to leave now. You know, that's what they told me. So, I get up and I stumble out of there because the black hut, you know, my leg is still swollen and everything. And so I got up, uh, there's this van waiting for me outside and take me back to the VA. So I'll go back to my, to my truck and I'm driving home and as I'm driving home, I get real busy on the freeway mm-hmm. and I pull over to the side of the road. So as I'm on the side of the road, I'm, out, I'm, I'm just on the side of the road, I'm on the side of the road for about three to four hours because I'm so like dizzy, you know, I don't know what's the matter with me. So my sister calls me and she said, make it home, make it home. I'll be here waiting for you, you know, and I don't, I don't, I know how I make it home. You know, I, I don't know. I just made it home and my sister's waiting for me. So I'll go lay down and I'm out, 
you know, and and in the middle of the night, I wake up to this, these figures, like they have like jewelry things, and they're all dressed in black, and they're around the bed, and they're reaching out for me, trying to grab me. I could see the skeleton, I guess it was death. And it's just trying to reach for me. I start fighting. They're throwing punches, you know, and my sister's right there with me. She's laying, she's right there, right there with me in the bed, and she starts praying, you know, and then it's a throwing punches in the way at the moment, you know. Uh, I know I have jurisdiction to be here because God blessed me to come back, so I went into prayer myself and I started praying against them. When I started praying against them, they left, you know, uh, left me, they left the room. So, I, like, two, three months ago, I was talking to my sister about, you know, that incident, and she said, and she remembers, she said that the reason she was at her knees praying is because she could see them too. <laughs> she could see those, those, uh, those, death-like things around me in the room. That's what she was on me praying. Man. That's what she told me. That, that I was fight, basically fighting for my life, you know, but I knew that God had blessed me to come back, so I did have jurisdiction to be here. Just yeah. like when they told me they wanted me to take my life, I knew I had jurisdiction because God had blessed me, and then even that, I had asked for forgiveness, so that's, you know, I had no hatred in my heart. So there was no need for me to do anything, you know. Uh, so I tied by and rebuked them because uh, I had jurisdiction over them through the love foundation that I have. Yeah. Dad and God and God is using me as a vessel, you know. That's why there's a lot of people, you know, that, that are that believe in Bigfoot and other cryptids, and which I know there's things that exist. But at the same time of what I encountered, you know, I've encountered a lot of things that I've seen like that that look like cryptids. Yeah. Man, I've seen one, I've seen one down the path, same path. Uh, it was literally an all, it was like stretched out, like low to the ground. And the body was so long that it covered the whole path. Uh, it was the sun was setting. And I turned around because I heard something movement and I seen it coming out. And he was moving his head from left to right, left to right. He had his eyes rolled back white and you could see like fur on it. And he had spots on his body, kind of like a, like, you know how people talk about like a hyena, but the face, the face uh, looked weird. The face looked like it was like, uh, the ears looked like, like of a bat's and the face looked kind of like a bat, but to me, I would say demonic, you know, the like a demon would look, but he was using his ears. Like he couldn't see me because his eyes were white, but he was using his ears as a sonar because I could see his ears twitching and he was just moving his head from left to right, left to right. Like he was trying to sense to see if he could see anything. Um, so the only thing that I could think of, what, what are we really dealing with that's in there in them woods? Is it a creature that's, or bats, or is it demonic, or is it uh, something that is, to me, maybe Nosferatu? Yeah. A vampire. Nosferatu. This this what came to mind to me because of how he looked. I like a what would have the capabilities to, to be able to sense you through sonar or look. If it would have been nighttime, he probably wouldn't have to do that. It would literally see me. Oh, so it was using uh, its other senses to convey what it was of, picking up. Because the sun, the sun was 
sun wasn't set all the way down to the ground. It wasn't. It was setting, but it was still a little bit of sunlight out. Yeah. Oh, like twilight. But it was. Uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird that you was, say that because they say that certain. I don't know. I heard where certain creatures can see really good at night or really good during the day, but at twilight they can't see anything. Yes. All I know, this this creature, and, and it might have been the same one that I seen jump from the tree. You know, because when I it kind of looked like it, but this time it was all in all fours. You know, and and I was like, well, maybe this is the one that's been running at me and dropping me. You know, but. Now, was it uh, tackling you like a football player would, or is that what you... Uh, I was getting I was getting hit, dude. I was, like, literally getting hit in the back. And I would fly four or five feet. By the time I land on the ground, there would be nothing around me. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. when I got hit, uh, a lot of times it was at nighttime. Yeah, at nighttime. Uh, there was uh, two times that I got hit during the day. Uh, not in midday, but it was already... The sun was already setting, and I got hit. When I got shoved up the... The cliff, the sun was setting, and uh, there was another ditch near the road, the highway that I got shoved from the back uh, when the sun was setting also. Wow. There was a, a neighbor that lived, moved in my neighborhood, he lived in the outskirts of the park, he lived in the Momo Park, he lived nearby this other wood line, uh, and, he, and he would tell me, be careful out there, it's like, what do you mean, be careful, I said, I said they come out at night, I said, what comes out at night, I said, so they were like, they're like werewolves. They come out at night. They say, you see my my target out there? He had like a target with a, with a circle. He, he had bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. He says that at night time they will they will come in that area and they'll be throwing rocks to his house and stuff, you know. And uh, he said that uh, he will have the marker. So at at, at night time he'll be shooting his bow and arrow to that area where they would be standing, but he can never hit nothing. Uh, hit him, and he said that there were like werewolves. Uh, he said that they, you could hear them underneath the ground. Uh, I guess in that area of the streets, they have the, the cement things that will go further down. And he said he could hear them movement underneath the streets. Like a like a sewer system, or yeah, yeah, like a sewer system. He said he could literally hear them at nighttime, and that's like, man, I, I think he. At first, I was like, I, I think he's making it up. But then when I started having my encounters, then I said, no, this guy was telling the truth. <laughs> Wow. And he would always he would always tell me and say, I know it sounds kinda of crazy, but there's something out there. You be careful, don't be walking out there at nighttime. And that's what he would tell me. And when I started having my experiences and it kind of then I said, Man, you know what? He wasn't crazy at all. He was being straight up. Yeah. And then But they... I thought he was crazy at first. And then, then I said, Well shit, now I'm in a situation that people gonna think I'm crazy or, I mean, look, I was going through so much that my whole family, they try to get a, have an intervention with me. Yeah, that's and what I was, was going to ask. I mean, how did how did, how did did people react to all these things that you were seeing? Because I know you kept it uh, to yourself for a while, but... I yeah, mean, I kept it to myself for a long time. I said, and I would tell them, do you really want to know? And I started telling them that they, they wouldn't believe me, you know. And then some people that didn't believe me, this one said, okay, well, show us. And then they found out that what I was saying was the truth. But they started getting attacked because they started leaving openings when they were hearing things and seeing things, and they started getting attacked. So they, I had like four or five people that came with me, and like four of them got attacked. And they had recordings, but they never came back with the evidence. <laughs> wow. They never came back. 
never came back to the, uh, to where I lived to show me the results of the evidence. And that day, that night, all kinds of activity happened, but they never brought the, the results back. Yeah, but also with the recordings, I've had situations where uh, I recorded something and then I hear it on the recorder and then when I go back to listen to it again, it's gone. Like, oh yeah, find. you could hear uh, the recordings were growling and the growling sounds real close, close by in the recordings. Uh, the problems I was having when I would try to capture something, what's happening to me, my, my instincts are so keen that I could hear something growling right beside me and I'll take a snap a picture or I could hear something running and I'll snap a picture. You know, and I was always snapping pictures, you know. I said, well, shit, maybe, I was like, maybe I can catch it on camera, you know. I didn't have no, uh, I'm trying to say, sophisticated equipment. The only thing I had was my cell phone, you know. When you're going through something, I said, I took, I got some pictures where you could see something on there and sometimes it's just blurry, you know, because I, it blew up all, all my, like, I said, I like, four or five cell phones that I had, it blew up the battery out of them. And it would crack the lenses. <laughs> Whatever it was there, that's what it would do. So it was actually it would, dis uh, cr destroying. Crack the lenses and, and, and uh, drain the battery or blow up the battery. Yeah, I've heard stuff like that where people uh, try to go on like ghost investigations or even Bigfoot investigations where they yeah. had good equipment and the batteries are all charged up and they get there and nothing works. Stuff's broken. I mean, it just makes you wonder, you know, what's the, why is it doing that, or what, you know? Yeah, like the night that I got lured into the woods, it was like three in the morning, my, uh, it was cold outside, and I cracked my window a little bit open, but my sister came into my room and he said, hey, you know, there's, there's something happening outside, I think a woman needs help, you know, I said, why is that, because I can hear her, I can hear her yelling for help, you know, so I'll go outside, I'm in my boxers, so I go outside and I could hear a woman yelling for help, and my sister's like, go help her, go help her, so I go in there, put on my warm-ups, and I grab my bat, you know, I said, well, shoot, man, if, if somebody's really doing something wrong to her, I want to sneak up by them, so I go, I grab a bat, and I, I, I start following the, the cry for help, so I'm walking to the park, and I was walking to the park, I could hear uh, the cry for help louder. So I go to near the wood line and I could hear the, the, the cry for help coming from inside the wood line, you know? Yeah. So I go in there with no flash, with no flashlight. You know, I have no flashlight. I just, I'm going to try to go there and, uh, I said combat mode, you know, and just, uh, what should I say? Uh, just try to go to like ninja style, you know, like try to surprise whoever's doing their harm, you know? Yeah, because so I'm, I'm walking in the, in the in, in stealth mode. There you go, stealth mode. Yeah. So I start walking in there, and I'm, I'm hearing the voice louder and louder. And as I'm fixing to swing the bat, because it sounds real nearby me, and I'm fixing to swing, I don't hear the cry for help no more. I don't hear the woman yelling for help. So I'm scanning the area. You know, it's dark. I'm looking, looking to see if I see any kind of movement ready to swing. And I have the bat, and I don't see no movement at all. So from there, from that area, you know, it's around the trees are already falling, like, because it was like, uh, like around October, November time frame. Freaking, I'm looking towards the trees because they don't got no leaves no more. So I could see uh, the club, but the club was already closed. You know, there was no cars in the parking lot. And I'm still scanning the area to see I hear the woman crying for help, and I don't hear her no more. 
So when I'm standing there, it's like I get this feeling over me, and I'm like, man, something's not right. Did I? And I, and the first thing that I thought I got lured in here because it didn't feel right. So when I turn around to go back down the path, that's when I I seen the closest one to the right of me. He was looking at me, and he was massive. Oh man! He was like eight to nine foot tall. He was looking down at me, and I could see his white eyes. I could only see the white eyes and the, and the dark silhouette. I'm thinking that was the alpha. He was looking at me, and then I could see two other ones right there beside him, like in I would say five meter intervals, possibly yeah, like five meter intervals in between each other. They're looking at me, and then to my left, I could see two close by, but that wasn't as big as the alpha, and there was one further further deeper into the woods. It was like like in a, like in a medium, medium crawl mode, and I could see, the reason I could see them is because of their eyes, they were white, you know? I could see them looking at me, like a glow, glowing white eyes. So I could see uh, six eyes to the right and six to the left. So at that time I was like, I could go 10 feet behind me, go into the creek, and uh, in my mind, I was like, well, they're gonna chase me. Then I could go 15 to 20 feet to my left, go to the bridge to hit the highway, but I think they would have flanked me from the left because those were in position to, it's kind of like they were in attack mode or stealth mode themselves. And there was so, so much stealth mode that I didn't hear them behind me when I was walking down the path. So that's what I believe that they were, they're actually, as I was going into the woods, that they were coming from behind me to attack. They were ambushing but luckily, you. Yeah, to ambush me. So that's when I turn around and and I seen them. And then I say, you know what, Dave? And within myself, I say, I, I need to take my mind somewhere else. Take the fear out. And I fear them and show them that you're not afraid. Uh, I used to to see a lot of uh, that old show, Mutual Omaha back in the day. Uh, then being prior military, I knew that, you know, sometimes predators, if, if they sense uh, uh, smell fear, they're going to attack you. They're going to come for you, you know. So I started praying within myself and not think about fear in any kind of way. And I said, call upon God to protect me. And I started walking down the, the, the same path I traveled. There was a, the only solution I could, I had was to go back down the same path. And they were like four feet away from me on each side. And the tall one, I believe the alpha, he looked at me and he was turning his head and he was moving, he's following me with his head, you know, looking at me. And I just kept on praying and walked like, if, like basically kind of ignoring them. You know, like, like if, like if there were bullies, <laughs> you know, I just yeah. ignored them. So uh, I started walking, I was praying to our father and I started ignoring them. And I could see him looking at me, you know, as I was passing him up and I said, no fear, no fear within myself. And I, the yeah, prayer I was saying was the Our Father, Our Father, Lord, and Amen, Hallelujah. I was just repeating it over and over and over. And I was just kept on praying and turned around the bend, kept on praying to Our Father. And as I turned around the bend, I could feel one behind me. I could feel it, you know, like real close to me. I could feel the body heat. And I just kept on praying. I didn't turn back. And I just walked out of there and walked through the park. And I, I left my bat. I didn't bring my bat with me. I left it in there in the, in the, in the woods. And I just kept on walking and kept on sending our father till I walked up my gate into my home and 
I walked into the house and went straight to the restroom, man. I went straight to the restroom and jumped in the shower to, to get rid of the, the scent of fear or the scent of whatever was around me. And I started praying. I was still praying to our father or, you know, our father. Or I was praying. I said to our father so many times that night. Then I came out of the room and I seen my son. He was asleep and I kissed him in the forehead. And my sister... He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? You, she could tell there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I was pale, you know. And uh, I, I didn't tell her nothing until the following day, you know, what had happened. Because I didn't want to think about it, you know. And it's like, I didn't want to go back into the woods. And then uh, I told my nephew, you know what? I, I was like, I can't be afraid. I, mean, I said, let's go to the woods. I want you to take the camera and you just take pictures of whatever. Uh, the area I'm going to be in, you take pictures. I went back in there to look to see if I could find maybe a purse, lipstick, an ID. You know, the woman that was crying for help, just to see if I could find something. I was searching the woods. I couldn't find nothing. Uh, then I, you know, that's what I was mainly looking for. And then I was looking for trails of whatever was where it was standing to see if I could see a footprint or something. I couldn't find nothing. Uh, I made it home and my nephew gave me my phone and I started viewing the photos that he was taking and in one of the photos that he took you could see something standing there mm. it's some kind of some kind of beast and I believe that might have been the, the the female one not the alpha uh, but it was standing there and that's one of the, the pictures that I got on my on spiritual cryptid encounters is my is my page the pic is that picture that my nephew took is that is that on Facebook? Yeah, on Facebook, on Spiritual Encrypted Encounters. That's that's my site. Okay. Uh, and I, and a lot of the pictures that I've taken, like I said before, was in, in a group called Positive Spiritualist. My group, mm-hmm. Positive Spiritualist, was the, I created the group to keep a track of well, the count of what I was going through. You know, and I kept all those pictures that people wouldn't understand. <laughs> Only I would understand you because. You're going through it, so I kept it as a documentary in there. All these pictures, and you can see, th- I can see the things that are in there. There's some people that can see them, like I said, and some people can't, you know, but I think it's all doing, dealing with how the spirit, the person is, is, a, is spiritually, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, yeah, yeah. Are we not you know, in- I've had people say good comments, some people say negative comments, but it wasn't for them, you know. I just placed it there for me. <laughs> like I said, it was pictures that I took. I created that. that I created that site, Positive Spirits, initially just in case something happened to me because I was getting attacked bad, bro. Uh, I was getting attacked physically and spiritually. Uh, then I created the site to keep that. So if something happened to me, people can try to look into those pictures if they could find something, you know. If something was, cause that's, how, uh, that's how it was. It was like I didn't know I was going to live or die. No, that's, that's how, how much of a battle I was going through. Yeah. And, and it was pretty ha- intense. Has things calmed down since that, or is it oh, yeah. still a constant? Yes, brother. Ever since I moved, moved from that area, from that area, and I moved to Temple, well, I had moved to some apartments up in Temple. You know, the things that the, those things were doing uh, when I lived in Colleen, they were coming, uh, banging on, the, on my mobile home. It was urinating on my doorsteps and they were urinating on my truck and that's what they were doing 
when they were taking that beastly form, they would come urinate on my on my doorsteps and on my truck, you know, like they were marking the territory. So when I moved to Temple, I moved to an apartment complex and I was living on the second floor. And one day I heard something running up up and up the stairs. And when I looked through the the people, I could see something dark running down the stairs real fast, you know. And I was like, oh, it's nothing. So when I opened the door, it was piss on my door. Man. And like it tracked me down to the apartment complex. The same just... smell that I had in, in Colleen. And this is like probably 35 minutes away from where I used to live, where I moved to the different town. So then I moved to a house. I'm living in a house now. And I seen him. I seen one of I seen him by my, by my bush. He was looking at me. I was out walking and I seen it. And I prayed against it. The next thing it was gone. Uh, there was one day I took, took my dogs outside. And as soon as I took them outside, you could hear something growling from the top of the tree. <laughs> it was growling. So it was growling so loud that my dogs took off back inside my house. And I have, uh, they're like German shepherds. They came running back inside the house and I could hear it nearby me, on top of me by the tree because I got a big tree. So I just said, I rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ and I closed the door. But ever since then, a lot of things have, have settled down, a lot of activity, I got blessed my home. And a lot of things that were happening are not happening no more. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. But that's one thing, you know, it can track you, you know. It, I guess uh, it was upset with me because uh, I helped a lot of people that were going through something. Uh, I believe those unclean spirits that were uh, attaching themselves to people and a lot of people were getting in trouble where I used to live. Uh, there was this, this teenager. He was 17 and he said he was going through some problems and I told him to talk to me what he was going through. And he said he was dealing drugs and uh, that he owed money because somebody stole money and he owed money to the drug dealers. And I told him, you want me to talk to him? Maybe I can help you. So, you know, give you time or whatever. And they're like, no, no, you can't do that. You know, and I guess he, they talked to him or whatever. I don't know what happened. All I remember is that kid was driving in a, in a truck. And I guess I, and I was like, I guess he, he you know, he, he, he took care of it, you know, and he's driving a truck. It was a black truck. He was driving it in a in a park. And I was I'm at the pool with my son, and my son's swimming. I'm sitting on the on the on the lounge chairs, and he comes in here into the into the swimming pool area. And he's got two friends with him, a white guy and a black guy. And him, he was Puerto Rican, and he's looking at me, and he's and it's what he tells me. He told me that he could kill me and there's nothing I could do about it. That's what he told me. Man. And I was like, and I said, well, would you say that to me? I'm your friend. And he says it to me again. He says, I can kill you right now. There's nothing you can do about it. And he's smiling and he's looking at his friends. And I told him, maybe you could. I said, but why would you say that to me? You come to my house, you come play basketball with my nephews. Well, would you even say that to me? I'm your friend. Now I'm using love, right? When I say that, I'm your friend. Yeah. So he just look at him and at the, those guys, and he, and he leaves. You know, he, he leaves there and he walks out. And he's still looking at me, but he leaves. But then, like two days later, uh, or a day later, is it two days later or a day later? Uh, 
they arrest him. They arrest him. The cops arrested him. And the truck he was driving belonged to a couple. Uh, he had killed a couple and burned the bodies of the couple. And oh then he had killed, uh, I think, a stripper or two strippers. And he buried them down in the wood line over there. Not, not in the wood line where I had my encounter, but on the opposite side. He killed four people, man. So the time that he came to tell me that he told me that he could kill me one wanted to, he had already killed four people. And he was feeling that high, that power, that false. But like, yeah. So, but I use love, you know. Like I said, I'm your friend. But yeah, he killed four people, and I guess that's what it was, you know. Later, found out that I'm uh, thinking that's what it was. That the only way out that he could get from those people that that he lost money with, that they stole his money, he had to do something for those those people that was he was dealing drugs with. And that's what he had to do, and he's, he's in prison right now. Yeah, we had to take your life. He had to take some lives to settle his debt. Yeah, and I believe that what he had already done, whatever's there in the woods, it it, it was I think he had to do with that area, man. Kind of like used them as a vessel of of uh, I should say a negativity. But he tried to come up against me. Uh, I'm gonna tell my love. I'm thinking if I would have done anything any other different way, you know. I mean, yeah, there were teenagers. You know, I'm uh, like I said, I was a big guy. I was, you know, I could have probably defended myself and probably took them out. But then what about me? Where would I be? Yeah, because it wouldn't end there. It would probably make things worse. Yeah, if I would have defended myself, my son was in the, in the swimming pool swimming. You know, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't use physical against something that's spiritual. Because, you know, I probably, either they would have done something to me or I would have done something to them and I wouldn't be here right now. Right. You know, even though even though it was self-defense, it's still going to give you some time. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody, you know. You know I was in that situation. It was a physical, I was being physically... Uh, should I say threatened? Mm-hmm. Well, in that manner, you know, I tell people, you know, when you're out there, you're dealing with a Bigfoot, a Dogman, or any other cryptid, you know, you ain't gonna, if it's, imagine this, if, imagine if it's not something physical, imagine if it's something spiritual, you're not gonna be able to find something spiritual physically. The only way you're gonna be able to overcome it is spiritually, and that's why you fight through prayer and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm thinking that's how a lot of people get get lost, man. Uh, they, they start following something that leads them a certain way, and 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 the reason I know about this is because it happened to me when I was like in uh, ten or eleven, ten, year, 10, 10 to eleven years old. I was in a midnight mass, Catholic mass, and you know that the little spoke that starts doing at midnight, and I, uh, that the smoke got me real dizzy. And I kind of passed out and I hit the back of my head on the bench as I was kneeling down. So my mom got me and she told me to go outside to get some air, you know, because I couldn't breathe. So I went outside and, you know, I had, I had him at the back of my head and I was, I was outside getting some fresh air 
And and the church at the time, you had openings where you could see the sides. It had like, I think four or five openings, like the doorways that, you know, the, you could see the steps that you stepped down and I was just standing there. And my mom was seeing me from, but she was inside the church, you know, and that's, you know, I hear somebody yelling. When I look, I see something uh, behind a tree and it's, it's moving his arm, like trying to call me right behind the tree. And the tree's like way out there. It's like probably like 50 feet away from me near the parasol. So as I'm sitting there, I seen it coming from behind the tree and he starts walking down the sidewalk. And he's walking towards me and he starts right there by the edge of the church. And I see it, it's probably like uh, six, seven feet away from me and it's looking at me. And I'm looking and it's not a person, it's a dark shadow, you know, and it's looking at me. And he tells me, don't believe what's up there on the altar or the, don't, 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 don't believe what's up there. That's what he says. Believe in me. He said, come with me, come with me. And I said, no. And I, and then, uh, he said, come with me. And I said, no, I believe in God. And when I said that, I heard my mom in Spanish, well, you know, you Spanish. She said, that's what you said. <laughs> and that's what you said. And when I pointed, and she looked, she seen the dark shadow go behind the tree. And she's yelling at it. Temiro, ven pa' acá. And, you know, ven pa' acá. Temiro, por qué estás hablando con mi hijo? You know, and she grabs my hand and she let's go. And she's mad, you know. She goes and we're walking. And she said, I know you. And she's like, I know you're behind that tree. Come back, come come from behind that tree. And when she, when she goes behind the tree, it's gone. You know, there's nothing there. So we walk around the parasol. Can't find nothing around the parasol. She's looking behind the AC unit, behind trash cans, inside trash cans. She can't find nothing. So we walk around the block of the church and went back, back to the same spot where we're at. And the only thing she says is, I'm Maria Purissima. <laughs> Holy oh. Mary Mother, you know, Holy Mary Mother God. Yeah, she figured it I'm out. I'm Maria Purissima. Yeah, she knew at that time that it was something evil. Yeah. And that's what she said, I'm Maria Purissima. Yeah, don't mess with Mama Bear. Yeah. And that's what she knew, that something wasn't right, you know. Now, were you experiencing yeah. stuff before you had that, uh, where you fell back and hit your head? Were you experiencing spiritual stuff before, or was that Oh, the... yes. Yes, I've, I've been experiencing spiritual stuff ever since I was a kid, brother. Okay. Uh, something, something was trying to take me out since I was a kid. I remember being a baby, and I remember something trying to suffocate me with a pillow. I was be, I was being found in between mattresses when I went out the kid. You know, something was trying to take me out. Uh, I remember a brother had gotten real sick, and uh, I'm I'm from close from near the border in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, and my brother was sick, and they didn't know what was the matter with him. They said the doctor said he was going to die, uh, and they found a curandera in Mexico. Which, which, which doctor, which medicine woman? Mm -hmm. And uh, she said that she could heal him, but the only way that she could heal him is if I stay with her for six months. So she said, they said, okay, I was there when my brother got healed. And my brother was, was, it was my older brother. He was always having fevers and he was always seeing snakes and spiders. 
you know, and he was always jumping on the couch, jumping on the, and he was seeing all these spiders and snakes and stuff like that. And uh, they took him and he he would walk with a kind of like a limp, you know, and something wrong with his arm. So the medicine woman had this open fire on the ground. The, the ground just made out of dirt. It was like a little hut. And uh, she grabbed his egg and she was rubbed it on, uh, on my brother and she was saying a prayer and she put it on his leg and his arm and then she cracked the egg. When she cracked the egg, there was a little bird that was like color black that came out of there. And he had a broken wing and a broken leg. And when that happened, you know, the little bird, it died, but my brother got healed. So next thing I know, they left and I, and I stayed there with this medicine woman. I remember being with her. They actually left they were, you? Uh, they, yes. le they left you there with her? Yes, with a medicine woman, a mom, that was a deal. Oh my God. I remember, I remember being in Reynosa, Mexico. With, it, with this woman, uh, she was a medicine woman. And I remember that I would be crying for my mom and she's like, I'm, I'm your mom for right now. And she would cook me uh, corn tortillas with, with refried beans, you know, and she would give them to me to eat. And uh, she would take me to the market with her. And, uh, and all the people were afraid of her because uh, I'd be walking with her. She had a patch in her eye, uh, in her left, uh, in her left eye. She had a patch in her left eye, and she had a white dress, and she had like bullets, like Pancheria times. You know, she was an old woman. I was like, uh, uh, like, a, like I said, young, three or four, but she was, she was, she was older. She was already old. You know, real old woman. This is in like. Uh, 72 you know I was born in 69 so she's probably from the from the 1890s or something you know or 1880s oh my god she was old already you know I don't know what time of, the times of Pancheria was I don't know when that happened all I know they said that she was in those from those times you know so she was old already uh and she they said she was a medicine within uh for Pancheria or something like that. I'm around, or that she she you cure cure some of the soldiers when they were injured, you know, or whatever they fought with them. But I remember uh, the people that would come for help, and she would heal them. She had like a little altar, and she was laying down on the altar. I seen a man come in there, and she's uh, saying a prayer, and she sticks her her hand in his gut and pulls out a piece of barbed a barbed wire, she puts out glass out of people. I seen her pull a scorpion out of a, a female's head. Oh I seen God. her pull snakes out of people's bodies. You know, she's doing all this things spiritually, you know, and, and at times I could see this unclean spirits in their bodies and I could see them because of the fire inside the hut. I could see the, the shadow spirits leaving out of the people and walk out of the hut and she looks at me and she told me, Yes, se fueron. Se fue, que mirates, que mirates. And I would say, and I would point where he left, and and I would say, puto, puto negro, you know, to her. And uh, then the person would be better. So uh, I was doing that with her for a long time, you know, for those, those six months. We healed a lot of people. 
And she told me that when I grew, that I was going to be very spiritually strong. You know, that's what she told me. And then one day I went to go use the outdoor latrine out there, you know, the outdoor restroom, the outhouse. Mm-hmm. And when I come out of the house, it was this woman. She said my name, you know, and the woman was crying. And I was like, didn't recognize her, you know. Six months had passed by and it was my mom. She came for me and I remember leaving back to the States with her. And uh, the medicine woman had given me a cantarito, you know, the little jars mm-hmm. with my name on it. And she was crying. The woman was crying. She wanted she wanted me to stay there with her. And my mom said, no, you know, she got, I guess, close to me. And uh, I was close to her too. And uh, that's when I left, right, you know, so. So, did, so there was some good in her that you were seeing. Yeah, so she was a good woman. Uh, I didn't see her do nothing bad. She was a healer. She was healing people that were being afflicted. Like, at times I was here to battle other witches because she was a good witch. She was the one healing other people with my dogs. Uh, she was the one healing, fighting the other witches that was doing the bad on people. Oh, yeah. okay. And she could, for, she could foresee the future also. She knew about what I was going to do. She knew about what my brothers and sisters were going to do. And she knew that something was going to happen in the future that was going to affect us all. And it was my mom's dad. And, and basically, yeah. when you were there, you were mostly just witnessing everything that she was doing. And Yeah, well, I was, I was, I was learning from her. And, and uh, I was learning from her. But at the same time, you know, I was a kid. And, uh, you know, most kids, even though they're spiritually... They're like little angels because they they haven't been around sin yeah, or anything inno- like that, you know. So they're little angels, little innocent. So as, as we're innocent, we were able to stay spiritually connected to to the heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, and all that, you know. And just like as we get older, you know, we might go through ups and downs, but then eventually we're going to find a way. You know, we're going to see the light and we say, you know what, I want to be this way. I want to have a love foundation. You know, that's why I was talking about a love foundation. And once you connect back, to, you know, you're in sync back to to the light, then you're able to see everything, all the blessings and you, you stay spiritually connected. You know that the, you have backup, you know, what one more greater backup to fight a spiritual war than the Heavenly Father himself. Amen. He's the one that can, uh, can they can bless us to, to be able to do that. You know, everything, uh, just like the medicine woman, everything she was doing with through higher, higher power, she was helping out people to get rid of their ailments because they were being spiritually attacked, whether it was from people doing wrong to them or they were being a spiritual attack by an unclean spirit. She was doing God's, God's work. You know, she was being used as a vessel for goodness. Wow. And that's why I believe uh, I am a vessel for goodness, because I know about the things. And uh, if I don't say a positive message or say what I'm feeling, because uh, I'm led to say it, because you know I'm shown something. So this is like on my sites, I have I make mess, I make recordings, and I say things that I'm feeling spiritually because it's a message there for somebody to hear, and, and I say it because if. I feel that if I'm not obedient to what I'm being told to do, then what am I use am I to the Heavenly Father here? I got blessed to come back to my body, but what use am I 
to him if I'm not doing his works. Yeah. Right? If, I, if I can't do my works, then he don't need me no more. And if he don't need me no more, he can take me, right? Exactly. So that's why that's why I stay obedient. <laughs> well, when I talk to, I hear about the Bigfoots. I hear about the man, uh, the the Mothman. I, I encounter something like the Mothman down in South Texas. Really? Uh, in South Texas, man, uh, there was this ranch going towards San Manuel, uh, where I live. I live in a small town called Ramiro, but if you go to the west. Uh, there's a this, before you get to San Manuel, it's called San Manuel. Uh, there's a little rest area on the left side, and there's a dirt road by the rest area. Well, that dirt road, as you follow the dirt road, there's like a little swamp. There was one night we had friends who lived out there in a ranch. We was driving, and it was it had been raining, and and the, the swamp had overflowed on the dirt road. And as we stopped in the dirt road before we crossed, we could see the water. My dad didn't want to go, didn't want to get stuck, you know, in mud or anything like that. So we seen a fish on the road. It was a big fish. So my dad got off and wanted to go grab the fish. As we were grabbing the fish, you know, we grabbed it. We heard something to our left, like something made this weird screeching sound. As we turned to the left to look around the, on the tree stump in the swamp, there was a creature. And this creature had a looked like a bat, it looked like it had wings of a bat, but it was more, uh, and he had, the teeth were very sharp. He had claws and he was bald, but it, the, the body looked like a, like a, like of a person, but not of a person like us. It was like all, like a bat-like, you know? And he was looking at us and his eyes were red. And he looked at us and made a screeching sound and it took a flying up in the air, like real fast up in the, in the air. So we, we ran into a vehicle. When we got in the vehicle, we started, we went through the swamp, uh, past the road to go to the house. Uh, we were going to, to the ranch. As we were going, the, the bird came from the sky or the, not the bird, the freaking, uh, I like creature, crypt like, I know they call it cryptid now, right? But, he came at us and he, he scratched the top of our station wagon with his claws, like with this screeching sound. And we made it to the ranch and my dad was scared. My mom was scared. You know, we're all scared. And we started talking to, uh, they called, uh, his name was Chewy and his wife's name was Matilda. And we're telling him what had happened and he just started laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? And I said, oh, you don't know. Uh, he's like, that area, they said, she said something about in that area, there was a witch that used to live there and that the witch had summoned a demon and that there was a, the demon of that area. That's what he had said. Wow. That we encountered. So it's stuck but there. When I, hear, when, I, when I hear the stories of the Mothman, I've literally seen this, this creature, you know, and it will follow us to our house because I remember as we were driving back from South Africa, to our left, it was like swamp-like swamp -like area and woods. I could see it following us from the trees, from the tree lines. I could see it follow us all the way back to our town in Raymondville, Texas. And then uh, I remember one night my dad said he wanted to introduce me to somebody. And I thought he was one of his friends. You know, it was nighttime. I was probably like fourth, fifth grade. Uh, he said, come on up, but I don't want you to be scared, you know. I said, sit down right here by this tree. We had a, you know what a mora tree is? Mm -hmm. 
uh, uh, you know, blackberry tree. Mm-hmm. Well, the blackberry tree we had in the front yard was big, and and it, I was sitting by the tree, and he said, I'll let you know when he gets there. Just wait right here. And then our neighbor's house, they had the light on, and I could see my shadow on the wall right of our house or our house. And I'm sitting there, and he said, okay, so this is what I want you to do. He's here. I want you to turn around real slowly, but don't be afraid. So when I turned around real slowly, I seen it. It was on a freaking tree. It was huge, and I could see the big old red, red eyes. You know, which is what I think, you know, when the big red eyes, like the Mothman, right? So sitting is or or a big multonegro with red eyes. That's what I seen, you know, on the tree, on the tree itself. So I ran inside the house. You know, I mean, what I was supposed to do. So your dad was, was familiar with this thing? It was... It, yeah, and, and, and my dad now is 75 years old, and I, I try to ask him about it. What was it that he was trying to show me, but he won't give me an answer. 